Warning, the following podcast contains spoilers for the Harry Potter movies, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and The Crimes of Grindelwald. This episode does contain harsh language and may not be suitable for children, but it's not a lot of harsh language, just a little harsh language. Welcome to the Dis Dump Podcast, the podcast where we watch movies, play games, or listen to music in an effort to decide, are we going to keep the disc or are we going to dump them? I am Miles Trout, your host, as always, and today I am joined by a wonderful, wonderful human. Some might call her a fantastic beast, but that's just a mean thing to say because she's a fantastic woman, and that would be Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. How are you? Hi, Miles. I'm I'm also your girlfriend, in case you wanted to introduce me that way. I could, I guess, but you wanted anonymity, so. (laughs) But I am so much more she than that. Yeah, you're you're my (laughs) fantastic beast. I don't want to be called a fantastic beast. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. Um, So speaking of fantastic beasts, today we're going to be talking about fantastic beasts and where to find them in the universe of Harry Potter. But first. A brief history. You're an interesting man, Mr. Scamander. Just like your suitcase, I think there's much more to you than meets the eye. Kicked out of Hogwarts for endangering human life with a beast. Yet one of your teachers argued strongly against your expulsion. I wonder, what makes Albus Dumbledore so fond of you, Mr. Scamander? First trip to America? Yes. Must get that fixed. Anything edible in there? Um, uh, no, no. Any livestock? No. Welcome to New York. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is in the realm of the Harry Potter universe. The story is based off of a textbook that Harry Potter has in his Care of Magical Creatures class written by Newt Scamander. Newt Scamander is the lead character of the story and it centers around his journey to the United States in the 1920s 
where he is trying to set free a Thunderbird in Arizona. But first he has to land in New York where a whole bunch of crazy stuff happens and he has this big old chest full of animals that are magical and not native to New York. So at one point he bumps into a muggle, they switch suitcases and chests or whatever, and a whole bunch of the creatures get out. So Newt's commander teams up with the muggle and some government people to try and track down his animals. But there's a subplot where Grindelwald, who is a bad guy who believes that muggles should serve wizards, he is running around trying to secure an Obscurious to help him defeat Muggles, or as they call them in the United States, Nomadges. So he is trying to hunt one down. Colin Farrell plays Grindelwald for the first part of the movie. It eventually turns into Johnny Depp because Johnny Depp has disguised himself to look like Colin Farrell. Of course, he is super skilled and magically competent, and uh, he ends up crossing paths with an Obscurious and Newt Scamander. The Obscurious is born of a wizard who is trying to suppress their powers, and if you suppress them for long enough, it will kill you and or turn into a giant, angry, black smoke monster thing that destroys huge areas of cities and stuff. So Newt Scamander happens to come across all of this going on. He tries to save the day. And the government steps in and tries to save the day. And Grindelwald is like, oh, not on my watch, mother suckers. And he fights them and it gets really crazy. And it really, the main thing I have to say about it is that there's a trajectory to Harry Potter where it gets more and more insane and the stakes get higher and higher. And this movie kind of continues the trend. This is no schlub of a Harry Potter movie. This is a good one. Alrighty, on with the show. I feel like it was an interesting choice to make this take place in the 20s. Yeah, so um, the only thing I really, I really know about the book Fantastic Beasts and where to find them is that it was actually published in the late 20s. So I thought maybe that's why she decided she mm. she decided or David Yates who directed the movie decided that it should take place in the 20s in America of all places. JK Rowling wrote it, so I'm assuming she made the choice, but um yeah, it take the newspapers at the beginning say 1926. So I'm assuming that's the year that it takes place. But I didn't realize that she wrote it. You are you are correct about that. Yeah, she wrote this one and the second one. But I think the reason that they chose America is because America is, like, the biggest market for Harry Potter. Because, like, yeah, there's a lot of people in England that really like it and stuff. But there's, like, a trillion more people in the United States than there are in England. And we have a theme park. And we have actually multiple theme parks. They also have a theme park, but we have (laughs) multiple theme parks. So, yeah, we're Harry Potter world over here. So I think that's why they chose that. This whole movie really, like, I'm just going to say the negative things right away because I know there's a lot more positive things to say about it. But the it just really reeks of like hollywood as far as like okay we can't just make one of these it has to be a franchise so we've now decided it's a big franchise we're going to sink a lot of money into special effects and creatures so that way we can merchandise it into little stuffed toys and stuff like that Mm. and it just the whole thing just felt really 
and like the story is kind of sloppily done like it's like oh no we're gonna use the same tropes as in a lot of stories they switch suitcases what do you know and uh the i don't know that was kind of the perspective i took on it i had other examples but you're looking at me funny and i lost my train of thought well you were going on for a while i, I wanted to interrupt but i'm really trying not to do that you should talk to reno sometime <laughs> <laughs> He has the best laugh, though. He does. It's so it's so aggressive. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed your podcast with him, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be happy to hear that. Right. I I can't say I agreed with everything that he that he thought, but you guys did a lot of deep thinking about The Shining, a movie that has been out forever. So uh, I thought it definitely brought in a lot of. Um, new ideas to mm-hmm. the movie itself even if i don't agree with some of the things uh that he said the name thing really stuck with me but i know that this isn't about the shining so anyway no. i wanted to get back to- <laughs> um, well, thank I'm gonna- you, yeah um so back to fantastic beasts i feel like anytime they decide to make a trilogy or however many movies of a franchise you always use that same argument that They don't need to make it multiple movies and it's just like a total Hollywood thing, blah, blah, blah. I know that you use that argument with, um, uh, what's it called? The Hobbit, which... The Hobbit made me very upset. Right. It did make you very upset. And I agree with you on that, that The Hobbit could have been one, maybe two movies and been done and it would have been great. It's the Um, shortest book and they turned it into the most number of movies. It was like totally milking the cash cow. Right. So... As people that have not actually read Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Out, can we really make the argument that... Speak for yourself. You think <laughs> I didn't read it? I don't think you read it. No, I Do you don't. you know why I did read it? Because it was like 30 pages and I got it when I was in like fifth grade. <laughs> okay. For real, she did. She published like a little tiny pamphlet of it and uh, I did actually read it. Oh, okay. They... I w- I'm, I'm wrong. I'm, I'm sorry about that. I am wrong. And from what I understand, it's just like a dictionary of animals right yeah but this was like way before the movie came out this is like 1999 (laughs) so there was like oh there are owls (laughs) it wasn't really anything a unicorn like it wasn't anything too crazy i was a little kid and i remember i walked into borders and there was a display of like all these little pamphlets that were supposed to be the textbooks so i don't know if she ever actually published a book of fantastic she did did she yeah oh okay so you haven't read the actual book no i just read that like 30 little that little 30 page pamphlet you read a brochure miles (laughs) i mean 30 pages is a little long to call it a brochure but (laughs) go on so yeah i i think that you tend to go to that argument every time that you think something is too long at the same time there were many points during this film where i was like okay like let's end it like we don't need that extra spot there like okay we're just going on and on and the movie itself isn't that long it's 133 minutes which we've definitely watched longer than that of big movies yeah so i also agree with you with the writing it was uh, a little sloppy i have to say it's better than the second film Yes. Maybe we'll <clears throat> review the second film sometimes and we both can see how terrible it is. Well, I, I don't want to hold back. I think we should still talk about it because there'll be spoilers in it, but that's not what this one's about. So we won't primarily focus on it. Okay. But that movie was super sloppy because Hollywood. So my opinion on that one is that they went for the money shots instead of the important plot points. So the, the, third into, the second into the third act were like 
so forced and so fast and just you got no explanation for like why characters turned evil and stuff it was just like oh and hey they're evil now right so i I agree with you the writing of that movie was terrible not to mention there was so much controversy going on with that film at that time that i feel like people were kind of blinded or clouded by that as well so they weren't able to enjoy the movie um, not that it was particularly great to enjoy altogether anyway. <laughs> the best right. thing about these films are the creatures. Like, I feel For like sure. that's the reason we watch at least the the Fantastic Beasts movie, not the Harry Potter series. We love the characters. But the Fantastic Beasts movie, the two main characters are so unlikable. Yeah, they really are, though. <laughs> like, Newt is adorable. He's adorable. He's weird as hell. <laughs> <laughs> And the girl, I, I can't remember her name. Um, yeah, she's Catherine Waterstone. Uh, God, what was her name? I don't remember. Not Brie Larson. Right. She was, <laughs> I was, was certain. I was certain yeah. it was Brie Larson. And so it the fact not. he didn't believe me and he had to look it up. Well, like on this page, I wrote, uh, "Oh my God, is that the Flash? Is that Brie Larson? Is that Colin Farrell? Like all on one line." <laughs> Well, two of those were correct. And one of them <laughs> said, it's that guy from the ping pong movie. You ever see Balls of Fury? Oh, no. It's the... the Terrible? No, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. The, Christopher Walken's in that movie. It's a classic. Mm-hmm. But the main dude is the muggle in this movie. Yeah. And yeah. he's come up in the world if he's acting in Harry <laughs> Potter movies and shit. I feel like he was in that um, beer movie, too. Beer Fest? Yes. I don't think so. Maybe. Oh, maybe he might have popped up in there, but I don't remember. Yeah, I think his name is Dan Folger. I don't know. I don't know. I'm looking at the back of the film right now, and uh, it's Eddie Redman, Catherine Waterstone, Dan Folger, Allison Sudel, which I think is her sister, who is so adorable and <laughs> she's <laughs> probably the best part of the movie in my Queenie. opinion. Queenie. Queenie is her name. Um. Ezra Miller does a really great job acting in this movie. Which one's that? Oh, is he the Flash? Uh, yeah, he's Credence. Yeah, I keep I wrote yeah. him down as the Flash in all of my notes. It's just it's just interesting because he is the darkest part of the movie. N- everyone else's acting is just mediocre at best, and I know Eddie Redman has won awards for his acting, but it's just okay. So, actually, I have a couple of questions with that. Okay. So, I guess we'll start with Eddie Redman. He, I wrote down, does he have some kind of social disorder, do you think? So, the actor himself does not have social No, not the disorder. actor himself, the character. <laughs> um, I mean, it's the 20s, so things weren't diagnosed the same way back then. He, he possibly could. It sounds like he just, I mean, he, he, he might have had a touch of autism. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but... Um, he made it clear and they they did they made a point to make it clear that his love of animals trumped any sort of possible human interaction or relationship he was ever going to have even though he did he did develop a little bit of them mm-hmm. and they they tried to push it at the end with him and the lead girl but like yeah that that felt a little forced too but they are pretty extreme circumstances that they went through together so maybe newts relationship with the baker and i can't remember his name it seems more meaningful than it is with the girl in my opinion yeah because they actually hung out (laughs) yeah and they were like friendly and like they like tended animals together you know Mm -hmm. bffs the girl just kind of like got him out of shit once or twice and then at the end she was just like 
I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Except it was more like, uh, yeah, you totally can deliver your book in person. That's not going to be weird at all. Yeah, that, <laughs> that that whole exchange at the end. That you, I think you nailed it when you said they're both dislikable characters. Yeah, they really are. The best part of this movie, again, is the creatures. I love the... the why are they all kleptomaniacs, though? At least the two cutest ones are kleptomaniacs. <laughs> I don't know. What was your favorite creature? Uh, well, it's definitely sloth wizard future seeing <laughs> old man sloth guy i loved him he was so peaceful and cool like they snuck up on him and he looked at him like i know you're here it's cool come over here and hang out with me like <laughs> he was fantastic he smoked some dope before he, he was he was definitely a stoner animal if ever <laughs> there was he's like i see the future bro yeah um <laughs> meanwhile i'm gonna jump on your back and save your life <laughs> he saw all that shit coming he knew what was gonna happen uh oh. who was your favorite pokemon in this movie <laughs> um my favorite by far was uh, i think his name's thicket it was the little um green sprig of a tree that yeah. was on uh, newt's coat mm-hmm. um i'm going to now consider him to be uh, groot's half brother Groot's half brother. Yes, we could also call him Bell Sprout. If for the Pokemon fans out there, he kind of looks like a, what I picture a Bell Sprout to look like. I don't like. know anything about that. Or and maybe don't accept that. maybe Stutto Widow. He could be one of those too. Uh, um, Groot's brother. He's Groot's brother. That's fine. <laughs> there were so many th- monsters in this movie, the Fantastic Beasts that basically are Pokemon. It's not even funny. <laughs> like, and his his chest thing is like a Pokeball. Like that's how I imagine the inside of Pokeballs look like. That catch the monster. You don't no pokemon i don't know so you're dismissing this whole audience but i did want to say that like (laughs) (laughs) that like jellyfish thing that he was like cradling at one point and like feeding a bottle to that thing was really cute too but we don't know the name of it so that was cute yeah Yeah. but like and the the of course the main let's be real it's the main creature is the the vole that likes to break into banks. The Niffler. The Niffler, yeah. yeah. He steals shit all the time. He was the best. I, I liked the wizard future-seeing sloth man who could turn <laughs> invisible, but I really enjoyed the, the kleptomaniac. Yeah. <laughs> he was the best. Yeah, he was pretty cute. Mm-hmm. So, um, but this, the story itself here, the way the film starts, you see Grindelwald, and you just see him briefly, and then he's gone, and you're just like, okay, so we know who Grindelwald is from the Harry Potter books, so this movie has to be about Grindelwald. And then next thing you know, there's this guy just getting off a boat, and he's really concerned about a suitcase, um, and you kind of forget about Grindelwald, and then like kind of all this weird shit's happening, but I'm not going to explain the plot, because I don't need to. Most people have seen this movie. If you're and, listening, you've probably seen it. Yeah. Um, but I don't know the whole thing with the obscura. So about Grindelwald though, before we go into the obscura, Grindelwald, Grindelwald. So I think Colin Farrell's Johnny Depp impression was amazing (laughs) because the whole movie, I was just like, now that I knew the twist was that Colin Farrell was Johnny Depp the whole time and I was paying attention to his body language and stuff. Colin Farrell wasn't acting like a character in the movie. He was acting like Johnny Depp and he nailed it. So... You know, I was thinking about that because um, Newt used the Revealo spell on him to, Mm -hmm. you know, show who he was, obviously. And there's a couple different ways to be able to disguise your appearance. But the most popular one, as we know, Polyjuice Mm -hmm. Potion. But throughout the film, we never at any point saw Colin Farrell's character. Eat or drink. Eat or drink anything. And the potion only lasts an hour. So 
I makes mean, it, me think it probably wasn't Polyjuice Potion. But Grindelwald is known for being a very strong wizard. So it very well could have been something else. It's just not explained. See, I think Polyjuice Potion only lasts for an hour when it's made by a bunch of 13-year-old kids. I feel like an adult who's extremely powerful, like that dude took on like 15 guys without any hesitation or any problem at the end of the movie and he was fine so like i think that guy probably has some skills as far as making potions and stuff he probably does but i mean that doesn't include you know when barty crouch pretended to be mad eye moody he also was continuously drinking the serum mm-hmm. throughout the movie like you saw him continuously drinking it so even an adult wizard still had to regularly take the, the potion yeah, but who would win in a fight, Barty Crouch or Grindelwald? Let's be Why would they be fighting each other? <laughs> I don't know, but all I know is Grindelwald would win. I don't I'm pretty sure Voldemort would beat Grindelwald though, but he basically showed like ultimate prowess this whole movie cuz Newt is a badass. Newt was like I don't know if he dropped out of school, I don't know how Newt got to be so badass and he's like punching people and like swinging around and shit. But, so I think in the second movie they go into that more, like why he got kicked out of school. I know they at least show him in school with um, Zoe Kravitz, mm-hmm. who we only see in this movie as kind of like a picture. Yeah, but we, I didn't even notice her. Yeah, she plays um, Nina Lestrange, who they were oh, talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then in the second movie, she is she has a very tiny part in the second movie. Mm-hmm. But the only thing but, we really know about Nina Lestrange is that popular last name. Yeah. So... But he's like, I don't. He's super competent as a wizard. He's like apparating like crazy, and he's like sliding between people's legs and kicking them in the head and shit. Like when he breaks, they break out of the place where the white coats are about to kill him. Like he was just he took out three people, no problem whatsoever. Right. But Grindelwald like mopped the floor with him in the fight. So I I don't know. Grindelwald's pretty fucking badass. So that makes me want to ask you the third movie. Do you think Dumbledore is going to be the one who beats Grindelwald at the end? I feel like he's the only wizard that we know of who's even close to capable of it. Well, Tipsy. I mean, I mean, the Harry Potter book talks about that. The last one. Do they? I yeah, don't remember. They they actually say who won that fight. I didn't know they even fought. I know that they. <laughs> okay, somebody didn't read the book. It's been a long time, <laughs> but like I know that they also like suggest that they dated. So yes, yes. That is involved as well. There's a point where uh, Grindelwald asks Newt, he goes, why would Albus Dumbledore be so interested in you? Right. And I was like, ooh, jealous. <laughs> I don't know. That's what it struck me as knowing that. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of, looking back at that, I, I think of that as if Albus Dumbledore recognized something in Newt, he must be pretty powerful, pretty important somehow. And we see that later on mm-hmm. in the second movie. Man, I love Harry Potter shit. Harry Potter shit's so good. Like, my favorite movie is the fifth movie by, like, a million miles, because that's when you see Voldemort and Dumbledore fight. That shit's so fucking cool. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of want to go upstairs and watch that after this, just to watch them fight. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's actually not my favorite Harry Potter movie, but it is really good. What's your favorite Harry Potter movie? Um, Prisoner of Azkaban is actually my favorite. That's my favorite book. Is It's your favorite movie? Yeah. Why is it your favorite movie? Because it's so much darker than the first two films. It's like the, I feel like it's the change of like a child becoming like a young adult or like an adult. The director that um, Alfonso Cuaron did that one. I think I just spelled that right. Said that right. Um, 
but I really like that director's other works, Great Expectations, uh, Y2 Mama Tambien. Oh, I know that one. Children of Men, Gravity, and uh, 2018's Roma that was on Netflix. I didn't realize that he was the guy who did the third one. Yes. I mean, he's a, I do enjoy his movies very thoroughly, so yes. Yes. And that was pretty interesting with the, the Harry Potter films is they had at least a couple different directors doing them. And I feel like you can really see the difference mm-hmm, in the directing. For sure. As for the two um, Fantastic Beasts movie, I believe David Yates does the first and second one. Um, and like you said, J.K. Rowling does the writing for both of them. So. Didn't Christopher Columbus do the first Harry Potter movie? I, I don't know. I'm not trying to correct you. It just popped into my head that Chris Columbus was involved in at least one of them. Um, Christopher Columbus, Chris, Chris Columbus, I believe he did do one of them. Okay. So David Yates did Deathly Hallows, Half-Blood Prince, and Order of the Phoenix. So he, he did the money ones right there. So he did the later ones. He also did Fantastic Beasts 1 and 2. Cool. Yes. So Christopher Columbus did the first Harry Potter where it was a different Dumbledore. Yes. Because that guy died. I know. I really liked that guy because he was in some movie about grizzly bears on Animal Planet that I enjoyed. Yeah. But that was so long ago. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea what that movie even was, (laughs) but it was a very long time ago. Anyway. Um, so I did have some notes here too. I did not like Johnny Depp's hair. Like, I don't understand why they had tried to make Grindelwald just bleach blonde. That's actually Johnny Depp's choice. Uh, I was listening. I watched a thing where J.K. Rowling was talking about it. She said that she made him as vague as possible in the script and gave Johnny complete creative control over what he looks like and how he acts and stuff. Mm -hmm. Because she trusts him to know what he's doing because she's a smart lady. (laughs) So, yeah, Mm -hmm. like that, that was his choice. And like, I don't hate it it is kind of weird that he's as white haired as white hair gets and his eyes are like white right it's it's definitely an evil look for sure Mm -hmm. um with hair like that you just have to assume his nails are sharp you know (laughs) also i can't get over eddie redman's mouth he's kind of got these like big lips i don't know like he just he's got (laughs) do you know what i mean like his lips are kind of different looking I'm looking at a picture of him right now, and uh, pursed lips is not the word I'm looking for. Maybe he just has a big mouth. I, I can't he, His really... mouth is wider. Than, it's like from the edges of his eyes. That's the whole, like, as wide as both of his eyes together are is as wide as his mouth is. So mm-hmm. it is a, he has a very long mouth. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. Long mouth. Anyway. So um, you want to talk about pointless characters? John Voight. Why? Who cares that John Voight's in this movie? I don't. I don't understand why they put that in there. It, uh, it was just. It was pointless. It was. It was just to show that, like, you know, you piss off the Oculus, Ezra Miller, and uh, you die. So. Yeah, but like I don't know. Like the whole. It was like a whole plot arc that just fizzled at the end, and it was like. You know, you didn't have to, like, put that in the movie, right? You right. didn't have to. Yeah. So it was, I don't know. The whole, all of the Ezra Miller's, like, side mission story, it was clearly important, but it was not well executed at right. all. Well, that it, that's another thing that I didn't understand was, like, Colin Farrell's character kept saying, like, 
it's a little kid like it's a little kid and then it ended up being him and he's like a teenager at least so yeah uh newt was saying that it it was astounding that it didn't happen in a kid because it usually kills you before you get to You're that age 10 yeah so it's it's really rare that somebody lives that long uh, just the amount of abuse he probably suffered from oh so something interesting they decided to use the term nomad mm-hmm. for non-magical people in New York City or the U.S. Um, because apparently in the 20s, muggles were known um, as uh, marijuana cigarettes. Really? Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Very funny. I didn't know that. Yes. Super interesting. Mm-hmm. Marijuana cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> so what I was going to say is the obscurus. Definitely looks like all the things they fight in the Justice League. Like, you remember watching the Justice League? It was a black hole. It was all black clouds that, like, turned into structures that had orange glowing lights in the middle of them and stuff. (laughs) The whole time I was watching that, I was like, is Aquaman going to show up now and punch it? Like, I don't know. I feel like it's the same special effects team must have done. Well, that and, like, how do you fight, like, a, a thunderstorm? (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, apparently you shoot it with a bunch of balls of light and yeah, kill it at the end. I, uh, that's they're just, you know, they. I, I feel like they were just kind of like magically jumping from place to place, like luckily out of the way of the thunderstorm. <laughs> I can't believe I'm calling it a thunderstorm, but it's it's totally right, right? Yeah, I mean, these the obscurus. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I like the president. The president? Oh, that lady. Yeah. She was like I. I don't know. We didn't get enough of her personality. She was just like the orders lady. Yeah. I thought it was cool that they put a a young black woman as president. Yeah. I mean, it was the 20s, so probably highly inaccurate. Right. But Uh, yeah, definitely. But but we're talking about magic and wands. (laughs) Right. So things are different with the magic community. So speaking of which, like super racy concept of like wizards aren't allowed to marry muggles. Dun, 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 because they had to put some form of racism in it. And who wants to hear the the racism talk these days? It's like in everything. It doesn't need to be in everything. So at least they changed that and made it muggles versus wizards. And I guess that was kind of a trope in trope. Is that that's probably not the word. It's a recurring theme in the Harry Potters is like mud bloods and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they carried that over. But in the United States, racism was definitely a thing in the 20s. Definitely, but they just, definitely a thing in they the just 20s, ignored yeah. real racism. And I'm not upset about it. I think they did a good job <laughs> ignoring real racism. So, yeah, I mean, the movie's focus was on the magical community. So they were able to do a lot with what was going on and what wasn't because their viewers don't know, you know, they mm-hmm. get to decide. All righty. Well, it would have been great. Hopefully, hopefully racism wasn't wasn't around in the magical community in the 20s. I hope not, too, because, yeah. yeah, that would definitely put a damper on the children's books for sure, for sure. <laughs> OK, so uh, we've been talking for it says a half an hour, but it's probably more like 25 minutes. <laughs> so I think it's time for us to take a little break and go into the ad zone. And when we get back, we're going to talk more about. Uh, fantastic beasts and where to find them and stuff and we might have a special segment returning to you for the first time in quite a while stay tuned (laughs) 
And as always, we are having a wonderful conversation today about the Fantastic Beasts and where to find the movie. Uh, I just have a couple quick things. Uh, obviously, if you want to get a hold of me, you can write me at an email at discdumppod at gmail.com. That's D-I-S-C-D-U-M-P. Pod at gmail.com. Don't forget the little pee pee in there. It's important. You can also find me on Twitter at the disc dump on Instagram, the disc dump podcast with two P's also. And you can find me on Facebook with the disc dump podcast, or you can join the group, which is a great way to chit chat with each other and all that jazz. I'm about to make a Tumblr for the, uh, for this old podcast. I don't know if that's a good idea or not, but we're going to give it a shot. See what happens. I don't know anybody who uses Tumblr and I'm going to make a Reddit as well and I know a lot of people use reddit so that'll probably be a good place to chit chat too I'm trying to uh, come up with ways to diversify what you see where so I'm not just blowing you up with the same pictures on every platform so if you have suggestions let me know but I think that I've got a decent little formula I'm working out right now and I'm thinking I'm going to make specific tweets that you can't see anywhere but twitter and put up specific pictures on instagram and so on and so forth so let me know if you have any ideas on how to make each platform more unique i understand the general concept of them but i also like a good feedback who doesn't i want to say thank you to Lindsay for doing this podcast with me wouldn't be the same without you thank you so much and i want to give a shout out to reno because we kind of poke fun at him behind his back here so and i know he listens and i know he's going to listen to this one so thanks reno anyway <laughs> all right um i i so I want this podcast to be something that people use to like retreat from the world rather than worry about current events and stuff. But like right now, there's all this rioting going on and the peaceful protests. I am totally pro peaceful protest. I think it's a great cause to stand against murder. Ooh, there's a thunderstorm outside. Anyway, murder bad, murder bad. I think that if we all support each other and love each other, that we will come through a better country at the end of this. So I just felt like I had to say something and uh, the Black Lives Matter. All right. So back to the old podcast where we talk about magic and shit. Bye. All righty. So the moment you've all been waiting for, it's the recurrence of everybody's favorite bit. The terrible drink. 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 So, what kind of glasses do we have here today, Lindsay? Um, Schnifters. I don't. Yes, the, <laughs> yes, they're Schnifters. Schnifters. And before we even open it, I'm gonna. They're wizard glasses. I take full responsibility for any mockery that is placed on a brand in this podcast. Lindsay is in no way responsible. Go ahead and explain what this can looks like. <laughs> okay, so this is the can that you get um, when you get a V8 juice or um, even a energy drink. I would lean towards energy yeah. drink. I think this is technically an energy drink, okay. so we won't oh, worry too oh, much of it. it. We're not going to drink the whole thing. <laughs> uh, it is labeled as a new recipe. Then I will start with the title. Uh, Nestle Milo. Nestle Milo. Active Go. Chocolate flavored nutritional energy drink. <laughs> 8.1 fluid ounces. 
8.1 fluid ounces. 90 milligrams of sodium. And a whole bunch of other shit. Best served chilled. Shake well before opening. Consume immediately after opening. <laughs> Because um, if you let it sit, it walks away. Uh, I'm not excited to drink this. I don't know how old it is. Best Buy, September 27th, 2020. We're good. Contains milk, wheat, and soy. I hope your stomach likes it. I do too. It is what it is. So I'm anticipating this is going to be creamy and uh, chocolatey and I- thick is... Oh no no! Let me it's shake. Just, I know you go. You can do. shake it. You can shake it. No, it's okay. You shake the rest of it. So there's, I imagine there's a young man wearing a green jersey on it, and he has a basketball that instead of being orange, it is green and white because he's active. So I think that this drink is going to be like really old YooHoo. <laughs> what if it's really new YooHoo? I'm shaking the living shit out of it. I think it's, it's it. going to be like chocolate flavored water. Probably. It's, and then it's going to explode when we open it because it's actually caffeinated. It, it is caffeinated. We know for a fact. It is? Yeah. Oh. We don't know if it's carbonated though. It's carbohydrate. It's 24 grams. <laughs> Jesus. There you go. All right. Oh, it didn't explode. It didn't explode. So it is open. I'm going to smell it. It smells chocolatey. Can Do you want to smell it yeah, before we pour it? Coats. It smells like a yoo everybody. It does indeed smell like a yoo Okay, so I'm going to pour it in, and we're going to admire the viscosity. It looks like yoo I think I called it. I think you might have also. It's very watery. It is wet yoo for sure. I wish we had straws. There's so white chunks in it. There's oh, white chunks in it. Don't even. There are. Look, there are white chunks in it. Oh, God. I don't want to drink it. This is scary. I guess that's why you have to drink it immediately. It's like sprinkles in there. It's, yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't know what that is. I don't know either. I'm a little scared, though. It's in both of them. They do, in fact, look like sprinkles. Jeez Louise. Alrighty, baby. It's a terrible drink. I don't know if I want to do this. I can't believe how well you nailed what the flavor would be. Watery <laughs> yoo-hoo. Does it taste like watery yoo-hoo? I feel like I have a film on my tongue. You do have a film on your tongue, just like me. Look, there's a sprinkle on the side of the glass now. Can you examine it? What does it look like? It's, it looks like a white blob. Yeah, I was a little worried it would be a maggot at first. I was just a little worried. I think it's just like chunks of the mixture. Yeah, it's like, uh, what's the what kind of milk is it? Like uh, <laughs> concentrated milk that just like got hard on the can. Yeah, non-fat milk, water, malted barley, and tapioca starch extract, sugar, less than two percent of cocoa, palm oil. I don't hate it, but I certainly don't love it. Wheat, soy, riboflavin. Riboflavin. <laughs> I feel like they need something on here that be like that's like. By the way, the white 
the white crinkles. <laughs> Don't, it says drink immediately after opening. You are not allowed to even take a breath. You cannot examine it. You need to drink it right out of the can. And that's why, because these white things will sprout legs. I'm going to be up for hours now. I know that. I, uh, I hope not. So what do you think? Is it a terrible drink? It's, I, I mean. You have two choices, terrible or not terrible. Terrible. Terrible? Yeah. I'm going to go with not terrible, but it's certainly not good. It's chalky. Now, mean, as we're waiting here, it's my mouth is becoming chalky. So who exactly is the audience for this? Do you think like teenagers? For the product? Yeah. Oh, uh, definitely middle school kids that are athletes who think they're cool because they're like, oh, you got Gatorade? I'm over here with my Nestle Milo. <laughs> I got Milo. I got Milo. Why does my stomach hurt so bad as I'm running? <laughs> Do I have a cramp? I have a cramp. Immediately vomits. Immediately yeah. vomits. <laughs> yeah, so I think uh, Nestle Milo did not take off. I haven't seen it since I found that can. <laughs> so can you do me a, a combination of six vitamins and minerals, which help release energy from your food. Now the terrible drink is over. Um, I have a couple more things I'm sure I want to talk about. First of all, Nobody's favorite monster, but one of the f monsters. I keep saying monsters. Nobody's favorite fantastic beast, but definitely one of the funnier ones was Zit Rhino that wanted to have sex with the guy. Yes. Zit Rhino was weird. Oh, my God. We also didn't talk about the most awkward part of the movie. What was that? When Newt does the mating dance. Yes. Talk about Oscar worthy. That dude has some acting prowess because he looked like a fucking idiot dancing around on a green screen. Oh, my God. It was awful. <laughs> oh, God. It was so awful. I loved it. It was oh, so awful. It was it, so awful. It made my toes curl. I was like, I'm just imagining him on a green screen, like on set, like he's the only person in front of the camera and he has to do that. That's some confidence right there. Well, it's not even like it was like a like a five second scene. Like it that, just went on. It was like at least at least forty five seconds. Yeah. Of that awkward dance. <laughs> this is fantastic. Was so bad. I loved it. So yeah, I don't know. It was one of the funniest scenes in the movie though, when the rhino's trying to go and hump the dude. I thought that was very funny. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I liked the rhinos. I was a little confused, like why the rhino was. Like, when you discovered the rhino was what was underwater when the kids were skating. Yeah, like, they didn't really <laughs> reveal that directly. No, they didn't. It's just, like, you had to put it together because you saw lights under the water. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, the whole, all the monsters inside the chest or the trunk or whatever, they, <laughs> he couldn't have just, like, squirrels in there. They all had to be, like, brightly colored and they glow for no reason. Mm -hmm. And it was just, like, real... I don't know. I loved his suitcase. I thought that was so cool. How, it is, like, yeah. Every environment was like a tent. Like, the, there's bags of holding and everything, don't get me wrong, where you can just store infinite amounts of stuff. He mm -hmm. made a whole, like, series of ecosystems. It wasn't even just one. Right. And he used tapestries almost as well as I do down here, because if you look closely, all the backgrounds are just, like, big tapestries. They're not, it doesn't actually go on forever like it looks like. Yeah. So in the Harry Potter movies, they have a tent and it's described as like just huge inside. And that's kind of what it reminded me of where mm -hmm. it's just like this huge space and Newt turned it into different environments for these different creatures. And um, 
the eagle thing was cool. I can't remember what that thing was Thunderbird. Thunderbird. Yeah, I mean, that's what... Don't think that's what it was called. That's what it is in, like, modern mythology. Oh. That's why he wanted to take it to Arizona, because that's where all the Thunderbirds have been spotted, was in Arizona. It's like an actual part of, like, Native American culture. Yes. Yeah. You see it on Unsolved Mysteries and shit? Yeah. (laughs) You've seen it on Unsolved Mysteries. I mean, uh, actually, I believe I saw it on a show called Fact or Fiction, I believe with the uh, the guy who plays n- number number one on Star Trek. <laughs> anyway, your feet are so weird on my feet right now. I would appreciate it if you would stop doing what you're doing. And this remains in the podcast, you nasty. <laughs> um. Anyway, so what's up with the Deathly Hallows? Why does Grindelwald have special uh, touchy tokens that are the Deathly Hallows, you think? So Grindelwald... I remember him being a part of the book. and Well, I remember him. They, they talk about him in the last book and they talk about his role in the Deathly Hallows. And I think it was about his necklace. So I think that they wanted to put that in because they can, you know, bring it back to the movie and just say like how everything is related. I believe that. See, I don't want to say something that would be not true because I know Harry Potter fans are like super like strict on like what's true and what's not true but i believe that grindelwald was one of the first people that was interested in finding the deathly hollows i think you're right because that's the first time you hear about him is in like the last book right i think that his wand is the one that he used when he fought dumbledore and he lost and it became dumbledore's wand dumbledore was defeated by snape and Voldemort later grabbed his wand mm-hmm. and thus but it was one of the Deathly Hallows. The wand you're like supposed to be unbeatable. So it didn't look like Grindelwald had the unbeatable wand in this movie because they take it away from him and stuff. Right. It might it might be a different one that he gets later on too. Yeah. But I don't know. I think it is the Elder Wand that he gets off of Grindelwald. Elder Wand. Yes. So I think that he... Uh, they might have some weird seductive moment where they're like but i love you no i love you and uh then dumbledore's gonna snatch it from him i feel like their romance took place in the past and they're not they're just kind of like gonna back they're like exes and they're gonna have like an awkward fight yeah yeah but who knows we're not there yet so i did read that they were supposed to start filming the movie this summer in brazil brazil but who knows what's gonna happen with the world being where it is right now so yeah everything's delayed everything's put on hold indefinitely hopefully we have movie theaters at one point again in our future i hope so too but i mean let's be honest this is the last podcast i'm gonna release because we're all gonna die by the end of the week Stop. so anyway so the goblin monster guy that was or mobster goblin mobster was that Ron Perlman? It sounded like him, and it kind of looked like him a little bit. I was wondering if you looked that up. I guess I you did didn't. Not. No, I got too distracted by the invisible sloth guy. Yeah, I was I was wondering that, too. I figured that you looked it up, so I wasn't going to look it up. Um, but I, I agree with you. It definitely sounded like him. I don't remember what his name was. Do you? Uh, Goblin Mobster. Narlac is his name. 
played by Ron Perlman. Yo, it is him. I knew it. Yes. I knew it. Anyway, I love Ron Perlman. He's just all the way down here on the IMDb page. Because he's not an important character in the movie <laughs> at all. Yeah, but it's weird because like he's there and then Zoe Kravitz is there and then Johnny Depp is there, which, oh, okay. Ron Perlman did have more lines. Indeed. <laughs> but who makes the more money? Who makes the more money? Who makes the more money? <laughs> I don't know. Definitely never Ron Perlman. Um, so. I think he just, he likes, like, cr- he likes creatures. Like, he likes playing creatures, you know? I think so, too. Like, yeah. Hellboy and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's uh, been all of those Guermo movies. So. And he, he reads the audiobooks for um, uh, The Strain, That's which right. is pretty cool. Yeah. He does some pretty racist accents to be honest <laughs> but mm. i enjoyed it either way because like i wouldn't have done a better job that's for sure i would have done it the same way if not worse than ron perlman so you know mm-hmm. but i enjoyed it mm. and if guillermo says it's cool and i agree anyway <laughs> um so what's with that execution chamber it looked like a gas chamber at first and then they like stuck their fondest memories in this weird acid stuff that really wanted to eat the girl Yes. So, um, oculum, oculumency, is that what it's called? Sure. Do you, do you remember? Yeah. It's the, the brain magic. Yeah. It's the brain magic. So that's kind of what I thought that they were doing was they were taking the memories of the person so they could save them. So the memories lived on after the person died. Um, but I'm not sure. It looked like they were using it to seduce her into getting in the chair and then getting eaten by the weird black water. water. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Maybe I don't. I have no idea that those white coats not really, explained. really liked the idea of murdering government agents. <laughs> they were super into the idea. They picked her over Newt. <laughs> they were like, right. "Let's kill her first. Yeah. And they were smiling and like, "What?" It's very strange. It was. These chairs are not nice on the bum. No, they are not. I sit down here for hours every day, why? and it sucks. <laughs> you took my chair. That's why you have my chair upstairs. Now I sit in these nineteen eighties, just awful. Buy some new chairs, man. You buy me new chairs. You buy yourself new chairs. You're a grown ass man. I'll get your mom to buy me new chairs. Do you have um anything else I want to say? Yes. I was sad that there were no owls in this movie. Not a single owl. Yeah, you could see them like flying above, but did you notice in the um? The Congress, whatever they called it, the Magic Center, mm-hmm. they had these, like, they had mice delivering the messages. Like paper mice, and they would rip each other up and right. stuff? Yeah. yeah. That was weird. It was weird, but it was also cool. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's that's pretty neat, but where are the owls? So yeah, that's all I have. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you want to hit us with some trivia? Did you know Newt Scamander has his own chocolate frog card? That's exciting. Yeah. I think I got like Hannah Abbott or something when we got chocolate frogs in Florida. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hannah Abbott was the uh, first person that the Sorting Hat used. Yeah. Do you know what what uh what which one she was sorted to? Hufflepuff. She was. That, that is correct. Really? Yes. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Do you know where the the Hufflepuff Hufflepuff dorms are located? The first floor. No. Well. I mean, you need to be more specific. Down the hall. They're located near the kitchen. In order to get inside, you must tickle the fruits. That's a painting. You have to, like, tickle mm-hmm. the fruit. Touch the touch the balls. Yeah. <laughs> You're cute. <laughs> uh, I, I would love to hit you with some trivia. Okay, so do you, do you, you want Fantastic Beasts trivia? Yes. 
Okay. What actor was considered for the role of Newt Scamander before declining it because he decided to star in Lego Batman? Oh, Will Arnett? No. Oh. Try again. Michael Sarah. Yes, that is correct. Um, that would have been a weird movie. I would not have enjoyed that movie at all. <laughs> Do you remember what the name of the American School of Magic was? Uh, no, I was about to write it down and I was like, uh, I don't care. I can't remember. It was like Gobble, Gobble Gut. Yeah, <laughs> like Waddle World. <laughs> um, What's the answer? I don't know. You don't have the answers? <laughs> kind of a trivia lady or you you don't I'm have the answer throwing them well now i need to know okay um american hogwarts avilmory avilmory of course it was <laughs> on the tip of my tongue avilmory there's 11 wizarding schools out there that's a weird number to have before becoming headmaster of hogwarts what was Albus Dumbledore an Aurora? No. Uh, an explorer? A teacher at Hogwarts. Oh, that's like cheating. Of course, he was a teacher. What did he teach? General studies. Probably defense against the magic or magical arts. Well, then he would have died or been fired. <laughs> I feel like it was probably like algebra two. Maybe geography. Maybe. Accounting. What is the name of the magizoologist who brings Fantastic Beasts to New York? Newt Scamander. (laughs) That was an easy one. Why did Newt Scamander travel to New York? To get rid of his Thunderbird. Yes. Not his car. An an actual bird. (laughs) (laughs) What is the first Fantastic Beast that escapes the suitcase? The sniffle whiffle or whatever it was called. <laughs> the, the the klepto. What kind of speech does Newt listen to outside of the bank? Uh, an anti-wizard hate speech. Correct. Who spies on Newt and his magical creatures in the bank? Who spies on him? Mm-hmm. It depends on the part. I know that the, the main girl does at one point, yes. but also so does the baker. Right. And so does the owner of the bank. It was the girl. You took it way too far. Okay, well, they all spy. (laughs) Why isn't Newt arrested? Because he has to catch his magical beasts. No. Why? So it has to do with the suitcase. Oh, because he didn't have the right suitcase. They had to go hunt down the suitcase because the baker had it. What happens when Jacob opens a suitcase in his apartment? The monsters get out. Yes. And what happens to Jacob? He gets bit by a thing. Tina introduces Jacob and Newt to her sister, who is a legitimens. What is a legitimens? A mind reader. Yes. What is the scariest creature Jacob discovers in Newt's suitcase? What do you call it? The the shadow monster thing. The evil Justice League monster. The Obscura. Obscurious, yes. What does Credence find under his adopted sister's bed? His old wand, or his mom's wand, or somebody's wand. Percival Graves tells Credence that he is a squib. What is a squib? It's a person whose parents are magical and he is not. 
who says this? My philosophy is if you worry, you suffer twice. I actually wrote that down. I enjoyed that quote very much. That was Newt's commander going into the zoo, like saying, hey, you're about to be raped to death by a giant glowing zit <laughs> rhino. Who says I love house elves? My uncle is a house elf. Uh, the baker guy. Who says this to Newt? Are you a seeker, a seeker of the truth? I don't know. Newt says more of a chaser. The the bad guy? No. Oh. Okay, give me Mary two. Lou. Mary, I don't know. She's even... the preacher lady. Uh, How do you catch a demigeese? With a net. So the demigeese is the um is is the um the sloth thing that can go invisible. Oh, uh you convince it. No. I don't know. You must be unpredictable. Oh. I can relate to that. What spell is used to expose Gelbert Grindelwald? Revilio. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you for doing trivia with me, and thank you for doing this podcast with me. I wish we had more to say, but, I mean, what else? There's going to be a pretty long brief history on this, I imagine, because I have to talk about Harry Potter and stuff. Yeah, I really feel like I failed the Harry Potter fans because I can't remember the last book because it's been so long since I read it. Um, so I apologize to all those hardcore Harry Potter fans. And if I got any information incorrect, I'm really sorry. I um, want to hear from you, though. Let yes, me know. I, I will direct you to uh, Miles' sister, Amanda, who knows everything about Harry Potter. Um, or my friend Val, who also knows everything about Harry Potter. Oh, my God. I forgot to tell the story. <laughs> so there's two stories. Yeah. So um, this Tri- past week, we played trivia uh, with Charm City Trivia that's been doing online Zoom Zoom trivia um, throughout the pandemic. And it's uh, really cheap to play, and it takes about two hours, and it's a lot of fun. Um, but this Saturday, this no, it was Sunday. This Sunday, the theme was Harry Potter. Um, so we played with, like, a group of five, and it was so, so hard. Could not <laughs> believe how hard it was. They actually told us, like, if you were looking for easy answers, you should have played at three o'clock with the kids. So <laughs> note to self. Um, but I, but, but yeah, we, we, we did okay in that. We came in like fifth. Um, I mean, our, that's pretty good out of like, how many teams? Like 15? Uh, there was 75 people playing. So you did pretty good. Yeah. You did so, pretty good. Our name was Moaning Muggles, by the way, in case anybody was wondering. Um, but go ahead with your story, Miles. Oh, well, my story, of course, is probably the most personal story that I'll share about you and me. The first night you spent the night at my house and we cohabitated, we watched this movie and I fell asleep pretty immediately after turning it on, <laughs> as I always do. And uh, so I'm asleep and then I'm awakened because you shake me awake and you're looking me dead in the eyes and you just go. The unbreakable vow. And then you close your eyes and you roll over onto your back and you are asleep. So that's <laughs> when I realized you'd not only sleep talk, but you sleep shake and and frighten. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, unfortunately, that is not my, not the only case of me sleep talking. <laughs> or sleep shaking. <laughs> or sleep shaking. I recently, um, God, it's been like two weeks now, I... I Woke up screaming, fuck you, and throwing my arms in the air after I fell asleep 
after taking like aspirin and sleeping pills together it just like scared the living shit out of me oh my god that scared me so bad i like i grabbed her by the wrists and i was just like stop waving your arms like i thought she was like violent and dangerous and they say not to wake someone up who's having a night terror but i felt like i was pretty in control of the situation yeah i i mean i remember the the dream slash nightmare i was on like a hood of a car and um somebody had hit me so i was on like the hood of a car and i was trying to like like get up i guess and screaming screaming while i did it like going against the force of 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 a speeding car jesus that i was sitting on the front windshield of so yeah it was terrifying that's, but, uh, that's me and my my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, make sure that you don't break your unbreakable vows. <laughs> All righty. Um, so I just have a couple thank yous to say and I will let you know how to get a hold of me. And then. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Before you get to that, I did. I did want to tell you, I think you should keep this movie. Oh, yeah. We should probably talk about that. Huh? Should hmm. I keep it or dump it? Yeah. Thank you for reminding yeah, me. Of you're the welcome. Theme. I know you were annoyed that I interrupted you. Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't have. But that's OK. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, when it comes to keep it or dump it, we're definitely keeping this movie. You never dump a Harry Potter movie. Just for the creatures alone. You, you don't dump this movie. Exactly. It's fun. It's a fun film. So keep it. It was fun. I once had an ex-girlfriend who belonged to a cult. And her cult was very anti-Harry Potter. And her mother found that we were watching Harry Potter and threw the disc away when I was not present. And that was like a traumatic event. So we will never dump a Harry Potter in this family. Anyway, (laughs) so back to what I was saying is uh, there's going to be a a recommend is what I'm going to do now. Instead of the don't forget to blank and blank, it'll be what do you recommend they check out book, movie, cd whatever so you think about that while i read through this so i want to say thank you to the jazz june for the use of the song viva la speed metal off of the album the medicine it is some great pop punk emo rock music that i really enjoy to help me through some hard times and i hope it'll help you too check them out wherever you get your music i recommend you buy the disc because it supports them and i know they'll appreciate it and it'll be nice to have some other people like this whole album is awesome so i think you would really enjoy it i also want to say thank you to the fat rat for the use of the song unity which we use to end every episode and bring us in and out of the ad spots you can find that music on youtube it's fun bouncy edm i want to let you know that if you want to get a hold of me to tell me how wrong Lindsay's harry potter trivia was you can find me at discdumppod at gmail.com that's d-i-s-c-d-u-m-p-p-o-d at gmail.com don't forget the little pp in there it's important on twitter i'm at the disc dump please follow me. I have like nobody on Twitter and I need to fix that shit. Uh, on Instagram, it's the disc dump podcast. That's a great place to find all the exclusive pictures I'm taking, like the terrible drink. I will have, uh, some other fun pictures on there that I'm not going to share anywhere else, like my notes and maybe even Lindsay's notes. Um, so that's this dump podcast with two P's, just like the email. Last but not least, I want to promote my Facebook page, the Distump podcast and the group, the Distump podcast fans. That's a great place to start a discussion. Talk to people who've been on the show, suggest ideas for new episodes, whatever. So that's all I have to say to you guys. Um, so my new thing is the guests are going to recommend something. So Lindsay, what do you recommend the audience checks out? So if you're a fan of Harry Potter, either the books or the films, I highly recommend a book called Children of Blood and Bone. It is by a Nigerian-American novelist named Todi Adeyemi. 
A-D-E-Y-E-M-I. Uh, it is considered a young adult fantasy film uh, or fantasy book, um, but magic, which is overall awesome, great book. Um, they released a sequel this year. Uh, it's incredibly important right now, as it is at any time, to support uh, the people of color uh, in our community and in our world. So um, check out that book if you like uh, fantasy books about magic and witches. Awesome. Thank you so much for doing this with me, Lindsay. It's nice to sit face to face with somebody and talk into a microphone sometimes. You're welcome. Alrighty. I love you. Happy 20 episodes. Uh, all right. Bye, everybody. Bye.